This is the Students of Tarot podcast, a podcast dedicated to the belief that anyone can learn to read tarot. I look forward to bringing you guest teachers and continue a conversation that dives deeper into how can we use tarot to optimize and enhance our lives. I believe that anyone can learn tarot and I'm here to help. Thank you for joining me on the Students of Tarot podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the why tarot works or the how. I'm not going to claim to understand anything in depth about the actual energy behind why this works. I'm just going to share some of my musings on what I believe happens when we use tarot cards. The energy behind tarot is a long and substantial history that is also hard to trace and hard to record because of the very nature of the cards. And in a tarot deck, we have 78 cards with imagery designed to activate something within us. This energy is the archetypal energy that connects us all. It's the same energy that a heart represents love or feeling. The image of a heart that we so often see is not very similar to the way that an actual human heart looks. However, we've accepted this symbol to be associated with love and romance and deep feeling. And when it comes to tarot, there are symbols that do very much the same thing. We know that we are all connected through things like the moon and the sun and love and temptation. And in that shared human experience, the representation of that experience through artwork connects us all without language. And as tarot readers, we then take the imagery and communicate the language back into it. That can be specific for our time, for our culture, for the people that we're reading for. We can take the imagery available and interpret that in a way that becomes beneficial for a more rich experience. We come here to be connected and we come here to experience deep and intense things as a way of learning. And in tarot, we find activations of that energy. With tarot and the imagery that it brings up, the connection with the esoteric and the more hard to define parts of self, tarot allows us to have a remembering. It brings 
to some primal part of us the remembering of that which doesn't exist in language art and imagery has been part of the human experience since before the written or potentially even spoken word we have communicated through images for as long as we have been communicating and tarot pulls that wide and varied history of artwork into a structured system that allows us to take that imagery and create a story and create a narrative a direct line of communication with that remembering a way to tap into that ancient and eternal parts of self and parts of this shared collective human experience when we use tarot especially in the modern age we are really gifted with a structured system that has been so thoughtfully created and so thoughtfully cultivated and curated over hundreds of years by so many talented and intuitive, clever and inspired creators. Every deck of cards is like a tiny gift for us. It's an opportunity for us to lean into those parts of self and to pull up that which we really want to remember in order to live our most powerful lives. When we use tarot, we connect with that. We connect with that archetypal energy. We connect with that shared human experience. And when we learn to understand and interpret tarot in such a way that we can offer that to others, we're connected with something so much bigger than ourselves. And as a tarot reader, I always get a sense of comfort from that. And as someone who uses tarot to activate healing and enhancement of my experience, I'm so grateful for the way that tarot works, even if I don't totally understand it. All right, lucky number seven. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the chariot. This is hands down one of my very favorite cards in a tarot deck. I have worked with this card personally. It was a card that I connected with the energy for when we were searching for and going through the process of purchasing our home. It is a card of willpower and swiftness, self-control, resourcefulness, and conquest. In the chariot, we see the full story progressing to the point where there is a self-mastery of the duality. In the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, the charioteur stands strong on the chariot and is not 
tethered to the beast that pulled a chariot. The Sphinx represented in the Rider-Waite-Smith are stationary but poised to move. The chariot carries the symbolism of potential movement and power that can be immediately realized. So with the ter- with the chariot, we have a swiftness of action. At any moment, the chariot appears to be able to take off, whether for a battle to possibly head through the streets for a parade. There's a very regal and ritual feel a sort of pomp and circumstance about the chariot. The chariot is a card of harnessing power, of finding the strength within and making things happen. This can very much be a card of, when you're reading for someone, it can be a card indicating that the seeker through the will of their personality is making things happen. The older versions of the card and now often in many newer, more modern decks, the chariot is represented with horses. The chariot in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck and the Thoth tarot take on a more esoteric lean as tarot readers and tarot Creators have changed and have impacted the way that cards have moved over time. It's interesting to see how the main feel of the chariot has always stayed the same, and that is one of power and control. A swift-moving force that can be used to chart your own course. This is the energy of the chariot. The chariot is... A representation of duality in tarot. There are many cases where duality is present and none are more representative of the power of duality, of the tension that exists at the point of creation and destruction. There can be such a overwhelming feeling with duality as if the chariot could run you over. And in this card, we are reminded that we are always in control and the experience is here for us to ride and to master, not to be underfoot. In the chariot, we find imagery that activates the powerful parts of self. In this episode, we are going to explore a very simple spread. And it sounds funny even to call it a spread. And that's because it is the single card spread. Generally in tarot, 
the really sort of iconic images of tarot are these large elaborate spreads, these images of cards laid across the table and the power of the way the cards work together. And there is so much power in that space. And also, there is a lot of power in a single card, in starting a day or ending a day, or when you have something going on, just getting one card and really focusing on the energy of that card in the creation of these episodes and in the learning of my tarot process, the focus on a single card adds a depth to the understanding of the way that tarot works. And if you use a single card reading for yourself, you can really connect with that energy and find out what is that card bringing for you. It's not necessarily the most party-friendly tarot reading or the tarot reading that you might want to do for someone for a significant situation or event, say birthday, New Year's, what have you. So this is a card for a very personal tarot practice. This is a way to get information that is focused and very intentional. A single card is also a good response to a yes or no question. When we're looking at tarot, I really try to shy away from yes or no tarot readings because of the fact that the energy present can change everything. We can make decisions and we can move differently and the shift in energy can make everything that was possible now possible in different ways. So a single card read, a single card reading or a single card response to a yes and no is the one of the ways that I will work with yes and no if I do offer that. For us today, for the collective, we will take one card and explore how that can support us right now. And I'm using the Naturescapes Tarot, beautiful, beautiful deck that has no people present. That's not always a deck that I'll use when I read, especially for, uh, for people, um, because the figures often tell a story. But in this deck, the creator has really captured the spirit of tarot in the images we find in nature. And the card that popped out while the shuffle was happening was the Five of Swords. And the Five of Swords is a very difficult, that's not really the right word. There's a strong energy associated with the Five of Swords. And that energy is very straightforward and simple for me. The Five of Swords, in the most simple terms, is hurt people hurt people. When we are operating from the parts of self that are unhealed, when we move in a way that is 
coming from ego or coming from fear or lack, we are defensive and we fight and we are cunning and underhanded. And the Five of Swords is about the destruction we can create in our own lives when we are walking around with the hurt parts of ourselves leading the way. As we are experiencing this uncertain and unprecedented time and let's just have a pause here <laughs> the words uncertain unprecedented historically significant it, it the more that we are using them the less powerful they seem but I'm going to keep kind of drawing attention to that because I think some of us are really getting down on ourselves or being hard on ourselves about how we are managing this time, how we are making use of this time and what we are doing during this time. In the Five of Swords, we can also take a reminder that there are times where it is just about surviving. It is just about clawing your way through white knuckle fighting to make it through a very hard cycle. These swords are probably the hardest cycle in tarot as far as the struggle and the challenges present. And with the swords association with air and the thinking mind, the five of swords is midway through that cycle and we can feel overwhelmed or exhausted a bit downtrodden by the energy and in the five of swords and especially in the image in this deck a beach with the waves coming in we can remember that we can learn to do better and we can lean into those parts of self that are ready to release the hurt and we don't have to keep fighting against fear. For those of us who are getting really caught in the feelings of all of this, I'll leave you with this single thought the only thing stronger than fear is hope